Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdwood Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with comics writer and creator of the Wrath comic series, Scott Kish, here to promote the Kickstarter for the comic's fourth chapter. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks. Uh, glad to be back. Glad to be speaking with you again. Yeah, well, thank you for reaching out, and thank you for joining us today. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Scott Kish in his own words for our new listeners? Um, I'm just a humble creator that uh, had this idea for a comic. Um, I was working in the criminal justice system at the time, and I kind of got these ideas and um, wanted to show something that um, kind of expressed what victims go through and, and how that can affect them. And that kind of led to the series Wrath, um, which is, you know, about that young man named Doug who had that, you know, abusive childhood and how it's affecting him and this newfound ability that he has. Yeah, I remember when you told me this the last time, the first time I interviewed you, and um, I also talked with another creator, his name is uh, Bill Goslin, who does uh, like a children's comic series, Baby Barbarian, and he also explores uh, rage. So I was thinking of that and what you're saying about, uh, I guess, trauma associated with rage. And I kind of put that into like one of my D&D characters, my barbarian. So as I was telling him and I was telling other people, like I set the character up now, but I haven't been able to put it in use yet. So I wanted to, uh, every time she rages, the DM would roll like a D8 and then he would decide the side effect or uh, what happens to her after when she comes down off of the rage. You know, instead of, I guess... I, I, I don't know. I've never played a barbarian before, but I think you have to like take a, a short rest or something that happens uh, after you rage. Um, I think, uh, well, I played Pathfinder. Um, uh -huh. so, and I believe Pathfinder, you had some uh, fatigue rounds where you would um, basically take some uh, fatigue penalties, like uh, like minus two to strength and stuff like that. But uh -huh. So yeah, he may include something like that in there. But yeah, I, I think fatigue might actually be another side effect of rage. Isn't Is it? Do you know? Because I know like the other side effects are supposed to be like high blood pressure, I think um, like digestive issues and migraines and stuff like that. So yeah, fatigue but, may actually be another one. Yeah, it definitely puts a lot of stress on the body, um, just, uh -huh. you know, like on how deep you go because there's, you know, that blind rage where people black out, you know. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, I, I imagine that there's a lot of, you know, negative side effects. I haven't done a lot of research on that yet. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll incorporate some of that in future chapters. Well, speaking of Wrath, um, what is the series about for those who are new? And then what should uh, return readers expect for this chapter four? Okay, so uh, we touched on it a little bit um, with the intro. It's, it's about mm -hmm. Doug and his uh, best friend, Nicole. Um, and he had some abuse, you know, in his early childhood. Um, but he was one of the lucky ones where his mom, you know, found the strength to get him out of that and, and give him a more positive life um, for the rest of his childhood. Um, but some of that, some of those memories, some of those emotions, you know, have been very deep inside of him. And so in, now that he's, you know, on the verge of adulthood, um, some recent events while he was kind of diving into his past memories, pull all that to the surface. And he, discovers that he has this ability to take all of those negative emotions that he had buried down and manifest them into a, um, a physical form. 
Now, the first time he does this, it's kind of a subconscious thing and he doesn't have control of it. And he has to kind of piece that together, like what's happening. Um, and as the series goes, him and his, he confides in his best friend, Nicole, and they start to put the pieces together and, um, you know, basically discover that he can do this kind of thing at will under his control. Um, now, those who read issue three or chapter three um, know that um, there's more going on around Doug and Nicole than they initially thought. And they come out of a little scrape with just one thing, one clue as to, you know, what's going on. And that's a book. And so for those who've read chapter three, chapter four is going to involve um, getting Doug back into the fight as he was a little uh, disheartened from the first encounter um, and what's inside that book. Uh-huh. So how much has the creative process changed, if at all, uh, from with Raph from chapter to chapter? Like, has there been an increase in readership, engagement, sales, you know, and then you're incorporating other new elements, you know, possible foes as well into the story. So how has it changed from chapter to chapter? Um, so the first chapter was the, the introduction um, to Doug and Nicole and, and this strange emergence of the powers. Um, chapter two was them realizing this was a thing that happened to Doug and them learning to basically get the basics control of the power. Three was them kind of uh, testing that new ability out and trying to, you know, figure out something that was tied to that first incident. And then um, four, like you said, we're introducing a new character, um, mm-hmm. that book. Um, and I think four was probably the most challenging one for me to write uh, because I'm basically introducing this whole new character through a journal. So that was a, a bit uh, of a challenge for me as a, as a creator, as a writer, um, to kind of put you into something, you know, a whole character's past, but at the same time make it small and short enough that it's engaging, but I'm giving you enough information that you understand who that character is. Uh-huh. And um, so what about uh, the other elements? Has there been, have you noticed an increase in like readership and in maybe sales or engagement through social media or maybe through like uh, um, do you like mail or anything like that? Or just emails you say? Um, I use uh, Global Comics. Um, that's uh-huh. been something that has kind of popped up since I've started creating. Um, what I like to do is I do get some engagement between campaigns, um, but um, I usually open up free reads. So like right now you can go on to Global Comics if you're brand new to RAF and wanted to check it out. You can read the first three chapters over there for free right now through the end of our campaign. Um, and I have seen quite a bit of uh, readership over there. I think last year we were in the top 10 red action comics over there. So, you know, little, little victories, little growth, um, but we're hoping to expand more every chapter, every Kickstarter, and um, we're hoping that this one's our biggest one yet. Uh So how many, I don't know if you told me this before, but how many chapters do you plan on having I guess this is like the one arc, right? So how many do you plan on for this one? Uh, we're planning on six. So six. Um, we, we hit the halfway point with three. So now we're starting to hopefully get the uh, downhill side of it. 
And, um, you know, this is a, a big undertaking, you know, like most people tell, tell you, and they are correct, that when you start, start small. Um, but I had a drive and I had a vision and, and I wanted to do that full with chapter art. So we're in it for the long haul. Uh -huh. Well, now that you've gotten your feet wet a couple of times with Kickstarter and crowdfunding, um, what advice would you offer to other creators? You wish someone would have told you, I guess, before and during your previous Kickstarter campaigns? Um, and this is a this is a good question, and I try to you know help people out when when I see them you know with specific things, um, so I'll kind of uh, hit some of the, the recent uh, questions or um, concerns that I've I've helped people with is uh you know when to start. Um, I recommend you get in there and you get your and this can vary depending on what platform you use Indiegogo Kickstarter for Kickstarter, um, and Indiegogo you want to start a month out, get that pre-launch page out, start building hype, let people know what you're doing. Um, one of the tricks with Kickstarter is you can put in the bare minimum, like just a quick little synopsis, all your info um, to get pre-approved, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but you have to get pre-approved with Kickstarter before you can launch your page or even launch your pre-launch page. But what you- Oh, I didn't know that. What you can do is just put in the bare minimum and get that off get approved, and then the rest of that time between your pre-launch, like that month, and when mm -hmm. you launch, you can still go in and finish building your page. And then just hit the launch button on launch day, and you're, you've already had that whole month of pre-launch, letting people know your project, and you got your time to build your site, and then you're ready to go for launch day. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm not really familiar with how the stuff is i just get pre-launched links or when it goes up i don't really know the whole thing so that, yeah that's interesting and i i remember hearing there was one person i spoke with where he didn't know how the payment process was with kickstarter so you get it like what like a week or two after it's it, finished it can depend and that that's for both indiegogo i've done both so both indiegogo and kickstarter it's an estimate um on when you get your funds so you, once you meet your goal and once you they've collected all the funds, it can take two to three weeks, sometimes even longer, depending on, you know, um, how many Kickstarters or what their staffing is like. But yeah, there is a delay before you get the funding. Um, one difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and this is one thing I like about Indiegogo better, is Kickstarter does not charge the backer until after the campaign. Mm -hmm. So if you started at the beginning, you're like, if you were back at the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm really excited about Raph. I'm going to pick this big tier. And then you go ahead and pledge that. And then a whole month goes by. And then we fund. And then you realize, oh, I don't have the funds anymore to pay for that. That can actually negatively impact the campaign now. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I think um, I spoke with Tyler James with Comics Tribe, and he told me that happens a couple of times. Um, and he'll go to like their profile and see that they, I think it was like a, not a burner profile, but it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe it was like a burner profile. Like they go and they, they help pad the numbers, but then they pull them back like maybe yeah. the last 24, 48 hours. And then like um, there was another company or something like that, another organization who, I think it was last week where it was kind of like going around on people's, um, I guess, campaigns. I don't know who it was, but I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it. 
how about how like maybe the last day they were pulling out of people's campaigns, but they were doing it with a bunch of campaigns. That's why people started to notice and start talking about it. So yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, that's a that's a problem, but that's just something you have to deal with when you're crowdfunding. You know, it, um, I don't know what the motivation for doing that is, but yeah, it, it, I've seen that happen to another creator like really bad, where like she got a big huge donation and he was super excited about it. And then right before the they pulled out, and then the whole campaign just failed. Just yeah, what like what is the motivation of something like that? That's so crazy. Yeah. But um, throughout this whole process, even with not just with chapter four, maybe even all the previous three chapters, and then you know managing your you know doing your day job, and then managing whatever your home life, you know partner, kids, pets you know, um, trying to maintain friendships, relationships, and even trying to get some time for yourself. So do you or did you ever get overwhelmed? Does it ever become too much? And how do you typically typically manage your mental well-being when it does? Um, and yeah, that that's a very good question. Um, a lot of the um, kind of the downtime, um, or at least the negative time is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, this, you know, this is going back to your first question. Um, if this is your first time, it's an emotional roller coaster. You're gonna have highs and you're gonna have lows. Um, and the longer you campaign, the 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 crazier the ride can get for you. But um, it's always good, like after a campaign, especially when you're waiting for your payment, just take a break. You know, breathe. Um, anytime I feel overwhelmed, you know, like I, I don't have deadlines for myself, you know, because like you said, I've got a pretty full plate so I can just hit the brakes whenever I need to and just, you know, take some time with family or myself, you know? So yeah, it's, a, it's very important to understand, you know, especially when you're doing something big that you're ultimately in control and you need to understand when you need to take that break. So my last question for you, Scott, is uh, what is your idea of success? And has it ever, has it evolved since the last time that we spoke or is it pretty much the same now? It's pretty much the same. Um, mm -hmm. One of the common mistakes, I think, when, when people try and gauge success is looking at other people. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, this person did this. This person did this. If you can actually get a crowdfunding campaign and you can meet your goal, that's a win, like, no matter what you look at, like, so much, this person made 100k on this, well, what did they have going for them, you know, where did they come from, did they already have a name for themselves, everyone's situation is different, so gauge success on what you're able to do, and take pride in that. Uh-huh, so is there anything else that you want to touch on about Wrath as a whole, or maybe just this chapter in, uh, specifically that we may have missed? And I know um, it's in a pre-launch stage right now, um, but the campaign will go live once this episode airs. So do you know um, the rewards you're offering for potential backers yet? Yeah, there was uh, one I wanted to talk about in particular. We, we didn't get it into chapter three until later in the campaign, um, but we actually have a donation tier where you can actually secure um, copies of chapter four for yourself. And then um, through ties from my work, um, you can actually donate two copies of both um, one through four and two local youth that are being detained in my county. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. 
yeah, it's something that, you know, we were, I was working on trying to get done before my chapter three campaign, but there's a lot of, you know, like um, bureaucracy talking to the right people and getting approval for it. But we've got that pipeline open now, so um, it'll be on there day one of launch. It's limited to 15 right now, but if it's, you know, pretty uh, popular, we can open it up for a bit more. And um, like I said, those will go to kids like in juvenile hall and, and we have a boys ranch out here. Um, and so I get those directly to their librarian and then they have to modify them because they, uh, we do the, uh, what, I forget what it's called, but it's basically the staple backing. Um, mm -hmm. They have to pull those out and then thread uh, string through them and before they can give them to the kids. But um, Well, is there anywhere else people can go if they want to make donations, uh, just specifically not that they don't want to maybe they don't want to do the comments, they want to just donate to um, the detention center themselves or like a program they can go to? You know, I don't know if we have one of those set up in our county. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know that they've had people donate stuff, but I think that's more through like maybe the library system. Um, okay. Because the, um, the librarian that works at the hall, she works for the actual uh, library system. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think that's really cool. I've never heard of that being an option. So hopefully that inspires other people to maybe make that an option as well for their um their tiers on their campaigns as well. Yeah, it, it's something that, you know, we're still early on, but, you know, um, if other people are interested, we you know, would love to open that up more um, to other, um, you know, creators. Uh, the trick is, is you, you have to get your content approved. So, you know, certain mm -hmm. things are going to be, you know, too mature for them. But, you know, we're definitely open for different options on that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, again, I want to thank comics writer and creator of the Wrath comic series, Scott Kish, for joining us here today to promote the Kickstarter for the comics fourth issue. I highly recommend our listeners to consider backing Wrath and or purchase the previous three issues if they can. All of Scott's socials and Kickstarter will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>